After college, I worked for two years assisting the chaplain at the Episcopal Campus Ministry at UT, and it was that priest and that community which sponsored me to go to seminary and become a priest. So after all the yeses from the diocese and the bishop, I agreeing that I, they thought I was called to the priesthood, I went to visit seminaries, and I was over the moon excited about getting to go off to seminary and visiting these campuses and what the future would hold. My first visit was to Virginia Theological Seminary, where I ended up going, and it was everything that I had imagined it would be and more. I couldn't wait to go there, and I came back from this weekend visit, and I was so excited about it, I told the chaplain at UT that I felt transformed after just that one weekend, and that if I were to go there for three years, I would be transfigured. Yeah. All right, to be fair, it was a really great weekend, and the professors and the students and the campus all seemed wonderful. I met my future wife that weekend, but it was still a pretty pretentious thing to say. And no, I was not beyond changed with light emanating from me by the end of seminary. Now what I meant and thought was that seminary would mold and shape me in such a way that I would be a dramatically changed person by the end of those three years. But realize that's not what happened in the Transfiguration. Jesus did not go through some metamorphosis as a result of anything he did. Rather, in the Transfiguration, more of Jesus' complete and whole self was revealed to the disciples. Appearing with Jesus were Moses and Elijah, Moses who gave the law of God to Israel, and Elijah, the great prophet of Israel, whose expected return would herald the coming of the Messiah. And then we have Jesus, shining brighter and more majestic than either Moses or Elijah, visually showing himself to be greater than either of them. Jesus being God himself, the word of God which spoke to and through Moses and Elijah. And the voice from heaven declares Jesus to be God's son. Listen to him, the voice says. So then, seeing Jesus in his transfigured glory, Peter said he wanted to make three dwellings and presumably stay up on the mountain there with Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And I can't say if I blame them. Peter understood something of the enormity of what was going on. Moses had died over a thousand years previously. Elijah not near a thousand years, and yet there they were, chatting it up with Jesus, who happened to be emitting light at the time. It was a pretty big event, definitely worthy of making something. So I get Peter's reaction to seeing Jesus transfigured before them with Moses and Elijah. He was seeing something beyond miraculous and wanting to hold on to that moment. If they had dwellings, they could stay. The moment could continue. During wonderful pinnacle moments of our lives, we tend to want those moments to last forever. We take pictures, we build monuments, we tell stories to remember great events. So Peter wanted to make booths when he saw Jesus with Moses and Elijah. With the dwelling, they could have returned to that place where that encounter with God had happened. The dwelling could have helped them remember. But it could also have gotten them stuck in that particular time and place. I could see that if they made these dwellings, then the, dwelling, the dwellings themselves would have become the special things. The sacred things. They would have to go back up to the mountain continually to maintain the dwellings. 
and maybe then bring people with them in pilgrimage to see the dwellings that they had made. But Jesus had other plans and told Peter and James and John not to build three booths, but to get up and not to be afraid and to tell no one about the transfiguration until after the resurrection. So there was going to be no shrine or building for Peter. Jesus didn't want them to stay stuck in that moment. Because after the light of Jesus was revealed to them, they still had a lot of living to do. And my hope and my guess for Peter and James and John is that life was not all downhill after the transfiguration, the pinnacle moment of their lives, but that life was continually made sweeter by the transfiguration, by the memory of encountering Jesus there, and that 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 experience stayed with them for the rest of their lives. Jesus' transfigured glory was lived by them when they followed Jesus' way. When they saw him resurrected, when the Holy Spirit came to them and began the church, Jesus' transfigured glory was relived by the disciples when they had opportunities to love and serve, opportunities to heal and forgive, and when they took those opportunities and ran them. Jesus' transfigured glory is lived and relived by us whenever Jesus is suddenly present in our lives in a situation. Jesus, the sacrament, happens when we love and forgive and bless and pray and share stories of God in our lives when when we serve others and are served by others. There are all kinds of sacramental moments that happen when the world appears unchanged and yet Jesus is present in a tangible way. Suddenly, whenever, wherever, whatever we're doing becomes a sacrament. Now we say sacraments are outward and visible signs of an inward and spiritual grace. Physical elements which also contain and reveal God's full presence. We saw Jesus as sacrament on the mountain in the Transfiguration. Jesus has been called the primordial sacrament. Love that. It just seems so, I don't know, it seems a little pretentious even to me, the primordial sacrament. But I like it. It works. Jesus was fully human and fully divine. His divinity, not destroying his humanity, but bringing his humanity to completion. Jesus' divinity making his humanity whole and sound. And that's what Peter and James and John saw on the mountain. Jesus' divinity shining through his humanity, not destroying it, but bringing his humanity to its completion making his humanity whole and sound. Jesus' transfiguration revealed then something of what is in us as well. We are not fully divine, but we we do have God's presence dwelling within us. And the more we allow God's presence to thrive and live out within our lives, the more our humanity is brought to its completion. Our humanity made whole and sound through God's indwelling presence. Throughout our lives, we may have tiny transfigurations. These sacramental moments when God is suddenly present almost tangibly through the things and people of the world. These moments are beautiful when they happen. They're transformative and revelatory and they strengthen and enrich us. These sacramental moments are not, however, meant to be captured and held on to forever. We remember and are forever blessed by them. 
But after they are finished, we come down from the mountain. Because we still have a lot of living to do. Now, seminary for me ended up not being one of these transfiguration sacramental moments, despite my early claims. I enjoyed seminary a lot. I enjoyed the classes and the professors and the students. I enjoyed the daily prayer we shared together. I made wonderful friends. I met and married my wife. The seminary was not a mind-blowing, three-booths-making kind of a place or experience for me. And at first I was kind of disappointed by this. I wanted it to be this life-altering pinnacle three years. It wasn't. And it really wasn't supposed to be. The purpose of seminary was not to stay, but to go and live as Jesus' disciple, strengthened and blessed by those three years. We all end up having moments in our lives which bless us. Sometimes we have these pinnacle, sacramental moments, transfiguration moments. And in these moments, we are not supposed to stay. But to go and to live as Jesus' disciples, strengthened and blessed. Amen.